Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. I admit it. I'm a messy and chaos and crumbs and noise don't bother me. My husband, on the other hand, is a neat freak and chaos drives him up the wall. So we've had to figure out a way to make life work together. And that means I've had to become a whole lot neater and tidier today than when he met me. I've learned to tackle chores before they take over the house, to make lists so life doesn't get out of hand, and to do today what needs to be done so it doesn't sneak up and surprise me as a desperately urgent task tomorrow. Today, we're tackling a subject I admit I didn't know a lot about, at least I didn't think I did until I began doing a little research. Then it dawned on me, I do know about productivity hacks, I just didn't know that's what they were called. The last thing any mom needs to be is overwhelmed. So we're hopeful this episode gives you practical tips you can begin to implement today to make your life easier and smoother and hopefully a bit less hectic and a lot more peaceful. So ladies, let's get right to it. For those who may not know, what exactly are productivity hacks? Well, they're really just systems or routines that can help you accomplish long-term goals and even short-term projects because they help you break down large tasks into small bite-sized chunks in order to get forward motion on all of them. And hacks can also help you manage your mundane everyday tasks more efficiently. Well, that makes sense. Well, why do we need to have a productivity plan for our days? What are the benefits? Why can't we just wing it? I would say you could just wing it, but I think it will take more effort and more time, sometimes more money and even more brain cells to just wing it. But if you set up good systems or routines for your core daily tasks, they'll eventually feel like an autopilot task requiring less planning and brain drain from you. The fact of the matter is 40% of your day, science shows this, 40% of all of our days is done in habit. That means that you're not really thinking your way through it. You're just doing it on autopilot. But if that 40% hasn't really been thought through in the first place and has just kind of been haphazardly put together by default, you could be inadvertently wasting 40% of your life. Yeah. You know, I think that is so true. It's all about making the most of our time. Um, and I am become the queen of winging it, but I like to call it flexibility actually. So winging it flexibility is like a really professional word for saying that I've put some organization into my winging it. So, you know, I never used to be like that. I learned over the years of having a family. If I plan or think my plan is the only way for my day, then my days will be filled with frustration and actually a lack of productivity. Um, So I feel like sometimes we mix up productivity with being busy. Um, There's a huge difference. And I think that's what this episode is about. It's about, you know, not getting to the end of the day and saying, I was so busy, but I don't really feel like I accomplished something. Um, Sometimes there's days where I really physically don't do a lot, but it was my most productive day because of these little hacks that we're going to talk about today. Um, They actually 
help us carve out free time that it allows us more space in our schedule because we've done things to allow for it. Um, but when I really wing it, something always gets left out or undone. And sometimes that's okay, but really truly, and I'm sure you as a listener feel this way. When you wake up knowing what the day is going to hold, it saves you a lot of time right from the starting gate. You know, I've learned that if you fail to plan, you may as well plan to fail. It just works that way. It is so much easier to have a plan in place and follow it. And I admit, I am not the world's most organized person. And if you could see my desk, you would agree. But I'm much better than I was. And honestly, I have come to depend 100% on my lists. And honestly, if it's not on my list, it does not get done. I write things down on Monday, even something as simple as do the laundry. It, it, it's silly, I know, but, and I know I have to do it, but I write it down because I take great joy in crossing it off my list. It feels good when I see my list and all those things that I've crossed off. I don't know why, it just makes me feel like I've accomplished something. And it motivates me to do more things on my list. So that's my little two cents. Just write down those silly things that you know you have to do and you'll feel really good when you cross them off. So I can hear some moms saying, but I'm not type A, I'm more laid back. Why can't I be more flexible with my time and my schedule? And I hear that. And I, I thought at one time I was type A because I feel more comfortable at the intersection of organized and controlled, but I'm really not. What I really am is, is flexible. And there's a difference between being flexible and, and type A. Flexibility actually has to start with a firm foundation. You can be flexible with your time if your time has a solid structure to it. Flexibility isn't disorder. And I think that's where, where the mix-up comes in. It, you know, we think it, to be flexible then I can just go with whim and happen chance, but that's not true. In fact, flexibility is the opposite of disorder. If your days have no structure to them, you're just wasting your time putting out one fire after another. But order, on the other hand, allows you to be free to be flexible. You can veer off in all kinds of rabbit trails, be fully available to help when someone asks that of you and welcome interruptions without frustration because the structure, the bones of your day has already been set, allowing you to just pop in and out of that structure with ease. Stewarding your time well allows you to be fully able to do whatever God has for your day. And I think a productivity plan is a way that you can really show love to your family because it not only allows you to have more time with them because it really frees up a whole lot of time, but it also creates calm in your home and helps you make it a, the haven of rest that you really want it to be. Just a few days ago, my daughter actually came to me and shared with me that her friend who had stayed with us you know, the weekend prior um, happened to mention how calm she thought our house was and how it was just so relaxing and enjoyable to her. And I don't necessarily think of my house as calm. I mean, there are seven of us living here. And I, and I asked my daughter, well, why do you think that is? Do you think our house is calm? And she says, mom, it's because our house is organized. You've put in the effort to make these systems and routines that just help everything happen naturally. And we don't have to expel a lot of energy and um, a lot of 
you know, wheels turning to enjoy the life that we want to live because we have these systems and routines in place for all the basic things. And let's not forget that God is a God of order, not chaos, not happen chance. I mean, I don't want to put too much spiritual weight into organization, but I think it is by design. He formed the universe with distinct plans and he set them in motion with a distinct time frame. So if I seek to mirror my life after his ways, I should too find value in having a plan and being productive in it. You know, there's something called the tyranny of the urgent. And the urgent appears when you've neglected something important when it was small, but annoying, like say paying bills. Everything gets pushed to the side until that urgent task gets taken care of. The, the tyranny of the urgent is a subtle and sneaky thief and it will snatch your peace right out from under you and steal your time, your sanity and your money, especially if you've neglected paying those bills or you haven't dealt with minor home repairs that if left undone too long, cause major headaches. You know, we can't control everything, but we can control many things. What we don't want is to let neglect, procrastination, laziness, distraction, or fear dictate our actions. So my advice, plan your days, make lists, delegate wherever possible, and schedule time to review your progress weekly. Do whatever you can to stay ahead of the game. So what productivity hacks have you ladies found that have helped you be just more efficient in your home or work or during your time homeschooling for those of you that homeschool? Oh, we are speaking my language here. I'm going to have to rein it in a little bit and control my excitement. I'm sorry if I, if I geek out on you too much here, but um, I would say the first thing is to learn to eat the frog first. That's not my term. That's actually a term that comes out of a Mark Twain novel. He said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. So determine what your frog is, the thing you, you are least looking forward to do in the day, whatever task or project that is, and start with that first, eat that frog first, and then everything else will feel like, you know, just gravy on the day. Also set a timer for 15 minutes to just power through a task quickly. I, I use my timer for just about everything, but there's, there's a sense of urgency you have um, when you set a timer and you know that there's an end goal. So if I, if I need to do a task and I just set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes, it sort of propels me forward with great action in those 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm more apt to be efficient and protective in that time because, you know, I'm, captain of the clock. Um, another one that has served me well is to batch my work. That means I do similar tasks all at once. So for instance, in light of this podcast, say I'm in charge of preparing some of the images that we use on social media. Well, we have two podcasts a month and, and that's a small um, task, but certainly a task that's on my plate. So instead of, you know, doing one social media post this day and then another social media post another day um, and, and formatting the pictures for that, I try to do all of that at once because then I'm just lather, rinse, repeating activity. I'm in that same brain space. I'm utilizing the same tools. I'm opening up the same programs. I can shave off a lot of unnecessary wasted time in just batching my work and doing similar projects at once. You know, in, in the realm of homekeeping, I do that with my bills. I know some people suggest paying 
the bill as soon as it comes through the door. I prefer to batch them all and I collect them all up and pay them at one time once a month because, you know, it takes some time to drag out all the bill paying things and the stamps and the pens and all the stuff. I'd also highly recommend creating written routines for workflow, like actually writing down. If you have a, if you have a particular task that happens with regularity, take just a couple minutes to write down the steps that are required for that task and keep that near you. Because if you're like me, what happens, I start a task and it's something that I've done for, you know, kingdom come, I've been doing it for years. But it does take a little bit of mental effort to remember, oh, okay, I need to gather these supplies. I need to do it in this order. When I'm done with this part, I go on to that part. So if I establish a written routine of those tasks, it really helps in the brain drain. I have it written down and, and I begin to form this habit of doing that workflow in that order. And after a while, that routine then becomes a habit. It gets lumped in that 40% brain space that just can happen automatically. And eventually I don't even need to look at the written routine because it's just become a natural habit. But if you write those things down in the order that you want to do them in, um, you'll be saving yourself so much mental energy. Another one is to make a big five list. So Kate is a big list maker and I am too. I, I really value a big five list. And what that is, is you write down three items that need to be completed today. They have a very short time frame of completion. And then two items that pertain to a more long-term goal, something that while you can't maybe check off the entire thing today, you do want to slowly eke away at it bit by bit. The minor things never have to drown out the major ones. I can make room for them both by sticking with a simple list of five. So I'm not, I'm not adding everything to this list. I'm just picking the three most important things today and then two bigger items to slowly sort of chip away at and get forward motion on. Those are so good. <laughs> I'm wondering if some of our um, type B people that are listening to this are feeling overwhelmed or if they're like, thank you so much. You know, you never know how productivity hacks are going to be received. But even if we just take like one thing, right, Jamie and Kate, like one thing from this list and just implement it and try it. And sometimes we have to put our own twist and bent on someone else's productivity hack. Um, you know, over the years, we know our family, we know our children well, but everything you mentioned, Jamie, are things that I do. Um, I really, really liked the batch working. You know, I, I do a lot of, of my work at my desk and my computer in batches. And I, and I get that question a lot about my home and the atmosphere. Um, how does it feel like you don't have 10 kids that were raised in this home? When I walk in your house, I, it doesn't feel that way. And People always ask me how I get so much done. And I think these are the things that sometimes we just don't think about. We've taken them and we've implemented them to the point where they've become um, part of our life. So it's really good to sit down and think about some of those things that we've done. But um, some things as far as my kids, and I think that's just a different twist on productivity hacks, is I like to train my children to do the same type of principles that will save them time 
so that when they are independent or living in my home, we're all working cohesively. I'm not the only one trying to be productive. And then my kids are on a different page and I end up doing everything because it's easier that way. I think a lot of us as moms, we do that. We, we find a system and it works. We like things a certain way and we do it and no one else understands or they're not on board or they don't do it the way we want. And so we just end up doing it all by ourselves. So one of the challenges from today's episode for me to you would be train your kids how to be productive in a very efficient way, um, even if it looks different than the way we do. Um, one of the things very practically that we do in our home is I like to arrange my pantry according to items. So like all of our canned goods, black beans are in one spot. And, and this isn't just productivity. This saves me time when it comes to grocery list making and cooking. Um, so if you're thinking, well, that's just an organizational tip. No, this is saving me time. If I say, you know, I need to make a meal, I go in, I look where the black beans are, I look where the garbanzo beans are. Everything is just kind of itemized like a grocery store, which sounds so great and kind of overarch, you know, maybe achieving, but it really saves me time um, when it comes to menu planning and cooking. And it teaches my kids how to put things away easier and faster. Um, something that has saved me so much time in raising children now that my grandchildren are at the house. I moved all my cups and my plates to lower drawers and cupboards so that when it's time to set the table, put dishes away, I'm not doing this myself. They have easy access and I'm not using glass. I'm using plastic. And when my grandchildren want to drink something that saves me time that I can be doing something else, I just say, go get a cup, go get a plate. They don't have to get on a stool or climb up on the counter. I think sometimes we, when we think about it like this productivity, if someone else can do something that we needed to do for them, it's saving us time to do something else. And so productivity can be stuff that helps us be more productive and it can also help us have more time to do things that we want. So I've tried to make my home very um, child productive and saving time for myself. We have cleaning totes in every bathroom so that when it's time to clean the house, they're not walking up and down the steps, up and down the steps, looking for the, you know, there's just things like that. So I would encourage you to look at your home and think, what can I do that's going to teach my children to do things that will save, save me time in the long run? I just want to piggyback on what September said. You know, we're going to be shooting out a lot of ideas and tips for you today. And it's going to feel a little overwhelming, perhaps, to some think of this as a grab bag. You know, we're, we're going to give you lots of ideas. Please know that none of us came to all of these ideas at once. It's taken seasons. And some of these productivity hacks that we've used were really helpful and good during a particular season. And now we've moved on to something else. We just want to give you a sample and survey of lots of different ideas to get your wheels going. So don't try to lay all of these things over your home today. That's going to end up in a dumpster fire. Just pick one mm -hmm or two that you think you might be able to tackle and tweak like September says to make it um, efficient and useful for you and your home. Great advice, Jamie. And, you know, September, one of the things I was going to say is delegate, let your children help. And I love the idea of putting dishes low so your kids can grab them when you're doing something else. And I, I wanted to mention how I saw on Instagram recently in your stories, how your girls had gone out and picked blackberries out in the feet, you know, wild blackberries in the woods, I guess. And they came back and they made scones and they did the whole thing themselves. They measured the flour, they did the whole thing. 
And I love that. There was no adult there. The, there was an older girl. I guess, I don't know, maybe she was 14 or so. I don't yeah, know how she's old. only, yeah, she's only 13. 13. And then the youngest was eight, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. And they, these three girls are making scones from scratch, the whole thing themselves. And it's not easy to make scones. I mean, they, they take some skill and they were beautiful and they did mm -hmm. that. And I thought, man, if you've got girls that can do that, 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 that's awesome. You know, mm -hmm. and that was saving you time. You didn't have to oh, yeah. do that. They did this right. lovely thing that they made for the family. And that's, that's the whole point of this. We're, we're right. providing these hacks for the moms that can have your kids be able to do these things. We're saving time for you, mom, so that your kids can make you scones. <laughs> <And hopefully laughs> a, hot, you a nice hot pot of tea to bring in. You can sit and do something nice while your kids are making you scones. Yeah. All right. So now, Jamie, this is for you. I've heard about loop scheduling and block scheduling. I don't know what those are, but what are they and how do we use them? Well, a loop schedule is really just like a glorified list. You list oh, out all the tasks. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. <laughs> you list out all the tasks that you need to do with regularity in the week, but you give them a little bit of weight. So for instance, if I'm wanting to make a loop schedule for my home chores, let's say, I might say for every one time I mop the floor, I want to sweep it four times or something like that. And then I order my list to reflect the weight that I've given to each of these tasks. So my list might look something like this. I dust, sweep, clean the downstairs bathroom, sweep, vacuum the living room, sweep, clean upstairs bathroom, sweep, and mop. Now I could continue to add to that list, whatever the chores are in my week, but how I implement that loop schedule is I start at the top of the loop and I do what I can today with the cleaning time that I have available to me today. So maybe I dust and sweep today. And then tomorrow I pick up where I left off and I clean the downstairs bathroom, but that's all I'm able to do in that time. Then by day three, I'm sweeping again and I work my way all the way down that list and then just start up at the top again. A loop schedule ensures that everything on my list gets done with regularity, but I'm not constrained by it if I only have like a short, short amount of time or maybe even no time on any given day. It just keeps everything on a, a rotation that gives it the weight and gravity for each task that those tasks demand. Can a you block? delegate a child as a specific sweeper? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Absolutely. Good. That's part of the productivity hack. A block <laughs> schedule is a little bit different. Um, a block schedule is really perfect for those tasks that are kind of never ending that you continue to do every single day, but they really don't have a set finish line or an end goal. A block schedule gives you a sense of accomplishment, even when you can't ever really, you know, do the big check mark on the list to say, yep, I've done that. So for instance, I have a couple of really big long range tasks that I do for home or work. I homeschool, obviously that's never gonna be done until all my kids have graduated. I'm currently writing a book and, and that's a big task. I have website work that I do every day and podcast work and none of those ever really get done. And that can feel overwhelming to certain personalities, especially mine. I like closed boxes. I like to know, yep, that, that box is done, I can close that. But when you have these never ending tasks, you can get a sense of, oh, that box is still open and it, it's never closed and that's overwhelming. 
So I can map out a block schedule and, and feel a sense of accomplishment even when none of those things actually got done. Let me give you an example of what that actually looks like. So I can map out my block schedule and say, okay, from 9.30 to 2.30, I'm going to homeschool. And when 2.30 arrives, I'm gonna stop doing schoolwork. Um, regardless of where we are in the homeschool day, I'm gonna say, yep, school is done. And then I'm gonna pick up with school wherever we left off tomorrow. Then from 2.30 to 3.30 will be some deep writing time on my book. From 3.30 to 4, maybe is website work. From 4 to 4.30 is podcast work. And, and you get the idea. Leaving the rest of the evening for family time or maybe other commitments. So as I'm going throughout my block schedule, I can check off all of those things each day. Even though I didn't actually finish homeschooling my kids or finish writing a book because my goal wasn't actually completion. It was just consistency. And little bit by little bit, I see forward motion on all of the things because I've given them each a space in the day. So I don't, you know, work forever on my book and then find, oh no, I've got all this website work or podcast work, or I never homeschooled my kids today. Everything is given a spot on the schedule so I can check it off and get that sense of done. Yeah, I really like that quote, Jamie. What was it you said just a second ago? Um, it's not about accomplishment. It's about it's, consistency. It's not about completion. It's about consistency. And that really mm -hmm. does give you a sense of forward motion, especially mm -hmm. in big projects like that, that are just never ending. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about keeping our house clean. It's never about completion because our house never stays clean. Exactly. Right. Um, so I really, I really think that is key to this entire episode. And I was thinking as we were talking two things, one is productivity has a lot to do with scheduling and our time, but it also has to do with organization, not, not relative to time. So I think that if you can take two elements of those productivity areas and mesh them together, that is really where you see success. Um, it not, isn't necessarily about always managing your time and your schedule and blocks. It's also having things in place so that when you do have time, um, things are prepared or easier. Uh, you know, I think about things around my home just the other day, I was walking through my house and when my daughter said, Hey mom, why do you have three bags hanging on your office door? Um, I have a brown bag, a white polka dotted bag and a cream color bag. And I said, well, one is for homeschooling co-op that I pick up when I go out and that sits there all the time prepared to leave. The other one is for church and it has our, my Bible and notebook. And the other one is for the gym. And they said, well, why do you have three? And I said, because I always know which one is which, and I don't have to repack and unpack and wonder if everything is in there. It just saves me time. I don't even think about packing my bag. And that is a, a time thing. And it's a prepared thing. And I, I seeing my life through these two lenses of even in our car, you know, we talked about this in one of the organizational hacks, um, episodes and having seasonal things in our car at all times, you know, whether it's summer and having lawn chairs and a first aid kit and things like that. I thought, you know, that saves me so much time when it comes to preparing to leave. I always know that these things are going to be in my car. I'm not taking the extra time and getting frustrated with showing up unprepared. So I think this episode is good for us when it comes to 
managing our homes, managing our lives in those two different areas. Yeah, when you were talking, September, it reminds me of the diaper bag theory. You know, when we have babies, we have a diaper bag. And for the most part, most people keep the same things in their diaper bag and they don't really unpack them. They just sort of repack them or resupply the diaper bag. But it it sits there just like your purse, always ready to walk out the door. And for whatever reason, when our kids get old enough to not need a diaper bag anymore, we we set that idea aside and, and don't allow it to apply to other areas of our lives. So if you have toddlers and babies and you need a diaper bag, that's great, but maybe you don't, you can still use the diaper bag theory in other areas of your life. Like September was saying, I too have a co-op bag that never, ever gets unpacked. It just gets replenished. We have a beach bag where all of our beach towels and bathing suits so that my kids don't have to run and, you know, try to find their bathing suit in a drawer somewhere. They always get re-put back into the, the beach bag. And, you know, you can have a uh, a vacation bag or, you know, the sky is the limit. If you know you do these certain activities and they always require these certain things like your Bible bag on your way to church or whatever, just make a separate bag or box or collection that you never have to think about repacking. You just always have it there. Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes, if we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to his word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be? So do either of you use themed workdays? For example, laundry on Mondays, cleaning on Tuesdays, something like that? I have at times in the past, you know, it reminds me of the simple schedule that Ma Ingalls had in the Little House on the Prairie books. You know, she had wash on Monday, iron on Tuesday, mend on Wednesday, and so forth. And that was a, a great example to all of us. You know, Caroline Ingalls didn't use elaborate spreadsheets or even a paper planner to get her life in order. She didn't have an app or an assistant or really any of the conveniences that our modern mothering has because she didn't need to. She just repeated this no frills routine each week. And in doing so, she really did create this uncomplicated rhythm to her days and freed her day up to do other things that she wanted to do. So I actually have implemented that, this idea into my block schedule at times. So I've said, okay, from 2.30 to 4.30, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allot that for work time. 
but then I switch out the activity that I'm doing at that time based on the theme of the day. So maybe on Monday, I'm answering emails. On Tuesday, I'm creating new products. On Wednesday, I'm reaching out to, you know, sponsors and affiliates, those types of things. And, and even if you don't work from home, that same idea can be put in place for homekeeping tasks. Like, you know, on Monday, I'm going to do some big bread baking and, and bake my bread in huge batches to freeze. On Tuesday, I'm going to do all of my all of my laundry at once on wednesday i'm going to pay all of my bills at once you can have themed work days and actually put that idea in lots of different scheduling um systems like i do with my block schedule yeah you know kate and jamie the only day that we have for a theme is basically saturday because we because we homeschool and um i think even working parents might find this helpful you know just on saturdays is the day we do the deep clean. I don't have time to invest in that during the week. We do daily cleaning rotations, but Saturday we do the deep clean. Um, we wash all the sheets, blankets, you know, we towels, Oh, you know, we do the deeper, more intensive because we have more time and that's what works for our schedule. It could be Sunday for someone else. Um, but one huge productivity hack that I have found is something called, I like to call procedure lists. So this comes in very handy during the week to save me time from teaching and telling my kids how to do something. Um, and this works really well on Saturdays also. So I think of the things that my kids have the most trouble doing, whether it's a homeschool project, you know, you can use this productivity hack if you homeschool or you're starting to homeschool, or if you're trying to teach your child a chore, maybe you're trying to work in the kitchen and your child is supposed to be cleaning the bathroom or cleaning their room. And you're spending so much time following through with them. You're not getting your things done. So a procedure list is basically you pick that area that you find they have the most trouble you know, being productive in, and you tell them the procedure, the actual time and process of doing something. So it could be pick up the toys on your floor, put the toys in the toy box, pull the blankets up on, make your bed, um, vacuum the floor. And after that procedure list is made, you print it, post it, write it out, whatever they need or whatever you need. And then they use that. And you say, this is the process. This is what you need to do. When you're done, you put a check and it teaches them how to be productive. Sometimes you have to make those lists. Um, maybe we need to make them for ourselves, right? You know, so I was thinking about this um, themed day and how we all have different lives. And I think sometimes if we just take that one thing, I, and I know that there's moms listening because I'm like this too. And I think we've talked about this on our podcast before, how I'm right now in the season of being a poor meal planner. Like just because I've been cooking meals for my family for 30 years and I'm just so tired of cooking and I have all these daughters. And so, you know, I know, okay, I need to work on this. So we did our podcast episode on meal planning, which I loved. And I kept telling Deanna, I know I need to work better at this now. You know, I've gotten out of the habit. I used to have to cook and bake so much. And so I determined I needed my own procedure list. I needed to make a plan and I needed to schedule it. And I just cringe at scheduling now because I've been doing it for so long. I just want to be relaxed. I just want to not have a list, but some things 
like this one thing I know about myself that I have to fix or work on a little bit. And so I made myself a list and I'm actually enjoying it because I'm seeing how making the time and saying, well, you know, you guys can go do such and such because this is my time to um, make, make a meal or to plan the meals. And I'm enjoying it because I'm making the time. Can I just uh, address that really quick, September, like the the frustration or the um, sadness you felt for maybe not wanting to schedule or bucking that? I, I guess I'm just going to say this because I feel like maybe there's a mom out there who really needs to hear it. Sometimes we need to just stop planning for our best life and acknowledge that we might actually be living it right now. And it's okay that you're, you're not as productive as maybe the next person. Some of us just have different personalities and we operate best under a better routine or a more efficient routine. And, you know, I, I think of my very best friend in the whole wide world. She is the absolute polar opposite from me. And she loves to just be free to be available. And she feels like in tying herself to a routine that limits her opportunity to do that. And man, she is such a great friend and she is always available. And that's her living her best life. She doesn't have to change Mm -hmm. or tweak a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy not cooking, but I knew that I knew that there was a day that I loved it. And so I I did like Jimmy, I thought, you know, this is just, this is going to be a good thing. I knew it was going to be good. There are a lot of things I do. I have let go like, but I think that's what we talked about in the beginning is sometimes, you know, we reequate being busy with productivity and some of a lot of these productivity hacks are just to make our life easier. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So true. What are just a couple other tips that you ladies have for our listeners that have helped you become more productive over the years? And then we'll close. I guess I'd just add a couple of things. One, if you've never um, tried habit tracking, I think that's another great place to start if you're new at routines or even if you just want to establish a new habit in your life. You know, statistics say that it takes about 21 days to establish a habit takes 21 days of doing the same repetitive motion to make it a habit. And, and you could say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make that a full 30 days, a whole month, just for the, the ease of math. That's fine. But if you actually track your habits, sometimes I'll, I'll take a blank sheet of paper and I'll write out 21 numbers just across the paper. And then every day I make it a point to cross off that number. I start with 21 and cross it off. Now I only have 20 more days to do this thing before it becomes a habit. And then the next day I cross off the number 20 and I just backtrack all the way to one. And by the time I reach one, that thing, whatever it is, and this year it's been, you know, being a little bit more consistent in exercise for myself becomes a habit. So just just actually making yourself a, um, a way to track that habit is can be very helpful. This year, I've also started doing um, what I'm calling focus time. I've heard it um, be referred to as parallel play, and there's actually a professional app. It's called the Focus Mate app. I've never used the app, um, so I'm I can't give you any um, pros or cons of that. But I took the idea of the app and and laid it over my own life. So like I mentioned, I'm writing a book right now, and that takes some really focused attention. And I could easily say to myself, oh, I'll write my book today, 
if, if I get around to it or I'll carve out time maybe after dinner. And what happens is this thing that is really important to me becomes unimportant on the schedule because there's so many other things that come up and I could easily say, well, I guess, you know, yeah, I can, I can meet up for that play date because I can write on my book tomorrow, I guess, or I can, I can volunteer for that thing that you're asking me to do because I can push writing my book off for another day. And, and what happens is it just get continues to get pushed off and, and my book never gets written. So I decided that I was going to um, use some focus time. And what that is, is I invited another writer friend to meet me every day at a particular time, every weekday on Zoom. And, and you can use whatever app or, or resource you have available, Facebook Messenger or, you know, FaceTime or whatever. And we meet on Zoom at this particular time. We actually make it a meeting, meaning I write it down in my calendar. It's set in stone. She's counting on me to be there. I'm counting on her to be there. And we meet for only an hour. We, we take like five minutes at the beginning of the Zoom call to just check in with each other. This isn't a time for collaboration. It's not a time to chit chat about what's going on on our day. We just stick to the brass tacks and say, this is what I'm gonna be working on. Will you please hold me accountable to it? And she does the same for me. And then we mute ourselves. The video is still going, so we both know that we're present. And then we do whatever it is, whatever task we, we happen to want to do. And for us, that means writing on our, our own individual books. And so we sit and write for an, about 50 minutes. And then the last five minutes, we, we unmute our mics and log back on and kind of just check in with each other for accountability and say how it went. And so every day, I'm getting one whole hour of concentrated work on this thing that is meaningful and important to me. And... And something happens in that time. Because I know that that time is limited, you know, I only have one hour, just knowing that makes me come ready. You know, I, I know I have a, a very limited amount of time, so I don't want to squander it. So something happens to my brain and it makes me have really laser focus so I can be more productive than I would if I were to just, you know, write for an hour at some other time of day. It also really makes that, it makes me honor that time. If I know that, that she's, you know, waiting there for me at, at, you know, three o'clock or whenever it happens to be, I can make that a priority. And I don't have to feel bad about telling someone, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now. I have a meeting. Someone is counting on me. And, and so I'm seeing a lot of forward motion in a project that maybe would just easily get pushed aside because I'm valuing my dream, my goal, my project enough to make it a line item on the schedule. And this focus time has really helped. And then I'll just mention one more. You know, when you're sending out communication, whether that's a text or an email, I, I'll use our podcast as an example. Whenever we need to meet to record a podcast, we'll go back and forth. You know, can we meet on Thursday? Can we meet on Friday? What time? I'm trying to get in a better habit and, and please hear me, I am such a work at progress and the ladies can attest to this. I'm trying to get in a better habit of not doing the back and forth. For instance, if, if Kate says, hey, let's record this sometime this week, let's have a conversation sometime this week. I'm not gonna say to her, sure, what time or when? I'm going to actually say, I would love that. I have the following dates available. 
which one of those would work for you? Because then she is forced to make a decision and get back to me. And it really limits the like back and forth chit chat that just squanders your day. And you could sit, you know, answering emails and answering messages a lot if you do the back and forth. So I'm trying to be more consistent in really firm, solid, productive answers in my communication, if that makes sense. That's smart. Um, I think a couple things that we can do to be more productive, what I have found helpful is to just unsubscribe to things, unfollow people, unfollow things that just are time wasters. It, it is so easy to get just sucked into the vortex of social media and just stuff that you just don't need to be spending time on. So I have found that's been very helpful for me. Another, just a couple little things, try to get some exercise in mama, just try to get out there and do something for yourself. I think it will make you more productive if you're feeling a little more energy you know, when you just get out and walk, even just take your kiddos out on a walk, a bike ride, anything like that, that will get you moving. It's, it's going to help. You're going to just be more productive in life. And another little thing, just figure out a few things that you can do in those little 10 minutes of time, those times when you're waiting for your kids, you're at the doctor's office, you're waiting for them to finish that math or that reading exercise, those, those little 10 minute increments where there's something that you could be doing. You know, I could clean the stove in 10 minutes or the, those, those increments of time. If you could come up with just a short list of eight or 10 things that you could be doing in those moments where you're just sitting there, what could be, you be doing rather than being on Facebook, come up with a few things that you could do that would make a good use of your time I don't know, just a, just a couple thoughts. Can I add to that really quick, Kate? Yeah. You just totally reminded me of something that I heard a wise woman ages and ages ago told me, Jamie, wear shoes. And that seems so simple, <laughs> but what she meant by that was dress for the job. You know, if, if I'm sulking around in my pajamas all morning, I have this attitude of sluggishness and, and, um, laziness. My body is in this restful posture. And she really encouraged me, you know, right in the morning, get dressed and actually go so far as to put on shoes, even if they're just house shoes that you never wear out of the house, because you are more, I mean, it's just science. You are more apt to, to get busy and do a job when you are dressed for a job. Great advice. And have your kids put on clothes too. get out of their PJs. So they know they're, if they're, if you're homeschool, they're going to school. Even if you're homeschool, they can put on t-shirt and shorts or pants or whatever. Absolutely. Amen. Well, ladies, we can work hard or we can work smart. And as mothers with children at home, there is no question we have our work cut out for us, but there is much more we can do to make life a lot easier on ourselves and on our families. You heard so many wonderful suggestions today and great ideas and tips, and I hope you'll begin to implement them and let us know how they're working for you. You know, something as simple as a weekly to-do list can make a huge difference in your sanity. Organization is key, and whether you're naturally organized or not, and I admit it does not come naturally to me, but taking time in this area will go a long way toward making life easier for you and your family. Burnout is real, and organizing will help prevent overwhelm and chaos from reigning in your home, especially if you homeschool. But we're thrilled that you joined us today, and we hope you took away some strategies that you can implement in your home and life, some productivity hacks that will make your life easier. 
And if you're enjoying the mom to mom podcast, we would be honored if you would subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. You know, it's a great way to help other moms find us. Also, did you know that we're on Instagram and Facebook? We would love it if you followed us there too. Well, thanks for joining us today and we will see you next time. God bless you.